Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth Troutman and Aubrey Gulick. Welcome to Collegian Week in Review. I'm Elizabeth Troutman. And I'm Aubrey Gulick. And this week we're talking to Caleb Holm about the Penny's Catering Company, Michaela S. Truth about a bill that Andrew Fink recently co-sponsored, Josh Hypes about his culture review of Taylor Swift's new album, and Christian Peck Dimmitt for the weekly sports update. Collegian Tip of the Week is about the last part of your article, which is called The Kicker. It is where you should give the audience something interesting to remember, but it is not a summary of the piece. In journalism, we do not summarize pieces at the end. Instead, you want to end with a nice quote or a nice last detail to finish your piece up with an interesting flair. This is Caleb Holm. He is a barista at the on-campus coffee shop in New Dorm called Penny's. So this week we had an article about Penny's catering. So Caleb, Penny's recently expanded to offer catering. Could you tell me a little bit more about this? Yeah, I'd love to. So what we often do is we'll cater for career services or 1844 Society, different um, places on campus. And we usually will send out just a craft, usually coffee, sometimes chai. Now that it's getting really cold, we're sending out hot chocolate too, um, along with some scones. And it's just a great way to kind of establish Penny's presence apart from the shop. That sounds great. So where can Penny's cater to? Can it be both on campus and off campus or only on campus? We've done mostly on campus. Um, I think the managers are talking about different ways that they'll expand further. But for right now, we're sticking mostly to on-campus situations. Very nice. Do you know whose idea the catering business was? I think that it's always been something that we've kind of had in the background, Um, something that Jen has just kind of always wanted to do since she's been here. Um, So I'm I'm glad that that we can see that it's finally starting to pick up. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Jim Lutz, the general manager of Penny's, and sounds like a really cool thing. So how did you decide to start working at Penny's? Yeah, so I was a barista in high school, worked at a Starbucks, and I just, I love coffee, can't get enough of it. So it only made sense that I work near it. Um, And when I got to campus, I started working at AJ's because that was the coffee shop that was most most readily available. Um, But then I started going down to Penny's, visiting there a lot more because they have better coffee. I'm allowed to say that. Um, we do We do have the best coffee on campus. Uh, and so then after hanging out there a few times, I was asking the other baristas when they thought an application would come. And so they started their applications first semester of my freshman year. And so I got hired then around October. And I've been working there ever since. Now in my sophomore year and still working there, loving it. It's been a great experience. Awesome. How is working at Penny's different from working at Starbucks? Oh, so it's much slower, most of the time at least. Uh, I loved working at Starbucks. It was super fun, very high energy, high uh, volume situation. But Penny's is a lot slower. It gives you a lot more time to connect with the customers. Also working on a college campus, as small as Hillsdale, the customers are your friends. So it's kind of nice to have that slower pace and rhythm to where in between drinks you're able to talk to your friends at the bar and you know do your homework if you need to catch up but yeah it's very different and i think a big part of that difference is just being in hillsdale michigan 
What's your favorite part of being a Penny's Barista? I love the people that I get to work with. Even though we work solo shifts, everybody tends to come in early or linger a little bit longer when we're doing our shift transfers, just because Penny's hires good people. I, I really like my coworkers. Um, also, I love that I get to serve campus in a way. I think that a lot of the other jobs that I hold on campus are really fun, and I get to be involved with different industries. But at Penny's, it's coffee, and coffee is all about the people that drink coffee. So it's really nice to kind of connect on that level. So Penny's recently opened applications for one more barista at Penny's. Who, what would be your recommendation to people who are interested in working at Penny's? Yeah, so as Elizabeth just said, our application is out on Handshake. I would strongly encourage you to apply. But more than just s hitting send and submitting an application, I recommend getting to know the different baristas that you see working the shifts that you're most commonly in the shop at, uh, asking them questions, maybe getting their input. A lot of us are more than willing to talk about pennies because we work there for a reason. And we'd love to help you you know, work on that application and figure out if this is something that you want to do. Now I have a two-part question for you. What is your favorite drink to make and to drink? Okay. so. My, one of my favorite drinks to make is probably our iced shaken espresso that we were doing earlier in the in the warmer parts of the year. Um, but now that it's gotten colder, I love making my hot drinks. Just any sort of latte, because I love to do latte art while I'm making drinks. Um, but my favorite drink to drink is probably a dirty chai or a French vanilla latte. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. What's your favorite seasonal drink that Penny's has? So we have our cinnamon roll uh, latte right now, and that's really good. So it does it does taste like a cinnamon roll. That's kind of what we were going for. But for me personally, it also reminds me of rumagraut, which is a Norwegian dish dish mm. that my dad used to make around the holidays. Um, so there's some nostalgia attached to that drink now too. But it's just nice, sweet, and warm. That's pretty good. I got one of those recently. I believe you made it for me. Yes. And I thought it was excellent. I'm 10 glad out of 10. to hear that. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Caleb. Of course. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. And now we have Collegian freelancer Michaela S. Truth. Michaela wrote a story about Andrew Fink um, co-sponsoring a bill. So, Michaela, what was the bill about? So the bill was basically on core education for public schools, and it required that there be no racial stereotyping in the education. It didn't specifically mention CRT, but it was kind of hinted at in the bill. What kind of racial stereotypes exist in Michigan public schools? So the bill actually consisted of like nine different uh, situations or scenarios that define racial stereotypes. Um, and I don't remember all of them, but a lot of them were the idea of like innate inequalities between races or between ethnicities, um, the idea that you should be ashamed of your history or that you bear burdens for th something that your race has done in the past to other races. Um, there were cu a couple other definitions like that showing that this has been taught in, in public schools and Michigan is refusing it to be allowed to be taught anymore. So what has the conversation about the bill in the House looked like? 
So in the House, actually, what happened is the Republicans passed it. I believe it was a 55 to zero vote because Democrats refused to vote. And Fink wouldn't give a comment. He wanted the Democrats to comment on why they refused to vote. Uh, but I believe it's quoted in the article that they, the Democrats felt they didn't have the opportunity to speak. And so therefore, it was kind of like a revolt. So what is going to happen to the bill, um, I guess, in the future? What's its path forward? If it makes it to Governor Whitmer's, Whitmer's desk, uh, they're hoping that it will be passed. But uh, based on past actions from Whitmer, they, they have a feeling that she might overturn it and they might have to overturn her veto. So this story seems to fit, um, I guess, into a larger picture of education in America and especially education reform. How do you think conservatives should approach um, legislation like this? So Fink actually talked about um, the importance of this bill in Michigan, but also in our whole country. And he was saying that parents are expressing concern of things like this being taught to their children. And so conservatives really need to follow Michigan's lead and step on, step up on this and uh, realize the issue that's going on because eventually those children who are being educated, we're educating the next generation. And um, if they're uh, taught to be full of guilt or to take action uh, that they're guilty of or things like that, um, it's really going to affect our politics in the future and the state of our nation. What were some details of the story that you weren't able to fit into your article? Because it is a pretty short article. Well, like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't able to fit the nine different definitions of racial stereotypes, which I think are really important. So I would encourage people to look up the art- the bill and see if they can find those nine points because they really clarify what exactly Michigan is talking against. Um, I also didn't include anything that was said during the actual discussion of the bill there's recordings online of Fink getting up and talking and other people talking on the bill uh and I didn't include any of those quotes but those definitely are accessible for people to find what do you think the impact of racial stereotypes in schools on children are I think it can be very confusing to children because they're taught this at a very young age and they're taught it as truth and then they, when they grow up, act on it and kind of bear this guilt and bear, it, it, it doesn't, as much as it seeks to unite, it actually ends up dividing because it distinguishes between, it, it, what it does is racial stereotypes. It stereotypes other races and it causes children to look upon their fellow classmates in a different light because of their, the color of their skin, which is exactly what Michigan is trying to stop. Thanks so much, Michaela, for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is the Collegian Week in Review. Collegian reporter Josh Hypes is on the show. Josh, this week you wrote an article about Taylor Swift's new album. What are your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, I'm a huge, well, not huge, but like a pretty big Taylor Swift fan, um, I'd say. Uh, Taylor Swift is, you know, part of the reason why I first got into like pop music and kind of like it back in 2012. It was the first album I truly appreciated. <laughs> What's your favorite song on the new album? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a real sucker for the classics. I do like 22 and Red and, but I'd say my favorite new song, I really like the, um, 10 minute version of 
oh my god i'm i'm blinking all on too that. well all too well i really do like the 10 minute version it's it's pretty good and then there's um message in a bottle which i think is a really good bop it's pretty pretty electronic and kind of the way that it works and that's kind of one of my favorites now you made a few comments in your article relating this album to your own life what have you learned about love from taylor swift you know as a single male who hasn't experienced love yet um what i learned from taylor swift is exactly what not to do and (laughs) (laughs) um i it's hard to put into words really what i what i learned um don't be a jerk and you know just be courteous to the person that you're you're being with and be honest with them that's probably the best things that you can do and don't be afraid to get involved in a relationship that's some great advice from taylor swift to josh hypes to our <laughs> viewers <laughs> yeah. now now what do you think is the best quality of taylor swift herself as a songwriter and a singer oh. I think it's just her honesty with her music. Like she's just willing to, you know, be honest about, you know, her relationships and stuff like that, which is um, a really valuable asset to kind of have whenever you're writing music like she does. And um, another artist that I really like is Adele, and I'm really psyched for her next album. But I just say that Taylor Swift has a really good understanding of how to make her music work rhythmically and then also like just have really compelling lyrics yeah for sure now what about the 10 minute version of all too well did you like i really enjoy the beat that's that's the first that's the first thing with any song with me i have to enjoy the beat but then it's just like you know how she relates that she just tells a really good story of how a relation, some relationships just don't work out um, the way that you think they will. Um, with her, she says that I think her boyfriend left the scar, left her scarf at her at his sister's place, and you know I think that that means something to the song, and it, it's just interesting to you know have it kind of go into that. I would say my favorite song on the new album. Probably I would go with Starlight. I thought it really took a, a good classic and made it even better. Would Did you like that one? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't... I'm trying to remember. Did I? If I mentioned it in the piece, I don't think I did. But um, definitely in there with my uh, my classic tracks. I really like those classic tracks, like Red. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think is Taylor Swift's best album? I, I, I stick with Red, man. Like... <laughs> still is my favorite like that's what brought me into taylor swift and that's and just this remaster has uh recaptured the magic wow now what's your favorite song that wasn't on the new album of taylor swift oh wildest dreams is one of my favorites other than um the red album I've always really liked Wildest Dreams my, myself. When I, I remember in middle school watching the music video and liking it a lot. It's kind of cool in the African desert or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks so much, Josh. No problem. Thank you for having me. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. And now we have Christian Pechtemit, the sports editor at The Collegian. So, Christian, uh, Hillsdale had a really great sports week this week, so let's start with volleyball. What happened there? 
Yeah, so they actually finished up uh, their last two matches of the season, two sweeps, uh, I think, as usual, uh, 3-0, 3-0. And so they finished the season undefeated in the GMAC, which marks the fourth straight year that they've done that, which is, of course, unprecedented. And I believe, by my count, it is 56 straight in-conference regular season wins for the volleyball team, which is obviously the longest such winning streak in program history, possibly the longest in GMAC history. I think I'll have to do a little more research for that one, but that's, uh, of course, captures them the, uh, the GMAC title in the regular season, and they'll be playing in the semifinals of the GMAC tournament on Friday, 5 o'clock, so that's tomorrow. Wow, so quickly coming up. So last week we were watching an athlete who was about to make some break some major records. Uh, what happened with that? Uh, so I'm thinking you're talking about Pat Cartier, which is, uh, he's a junior this year, so he's starting in his uh, third season, and he just hit 1,000 points uh, in his career, which is uh, in basketball for collegiate players, kind of like a big deal. Uh, I believe he is the... 38th player in program history to have a thousand career points and this is a program that's been around for now I believe 120 years I think this is uh, the 121st year Uh, so that was a really big deal and then they also uh, the team just in general started uh, the season pretty well Um, just a good start yeah so um, Chargers swim team had a game against Finley how did that end up going Uh, So I think as well as anybody that's been following the swim team might expect, they won 144 to 77, which is incredible. They also played Lewis and beat them 159 to 46, which is equally insane. So you wrote an an opinion in the sports section. Um, What was that about? Uh, Yeah, so actually I'm going to take us back uh, for a minute to this summer. I... Uh, interned at Tunnel Vision Sports, and the kind of the niche they have in the in the sports media world is their motto. Their saying, I guess, is bring back positivity in sports media, i.e., kind of avoid all of this negativity that seems to be kind of surrounding. Um, for me, I focused on NBA media just because in the out in the real world, that's what I'm most familiar with. That's what I follow the most. Um, and I, as a Detroit Pistons fan, I saw a lot of it with uh, our new pick, Cade Cunningham, who had a very tough first game, first two games actually, and was just kind of burned alive by the, by the media. And I was kind of just making case for why sensationalized negativity just has no real place in, uh, in NBA media. Do you think that has an impact on the sports players themselves? I mean, absolutely. There are... I think a lot of them are a little less uh, willing to come out and talk about it, but I did mention players like Jeremy Lin, who kind of started off his season. It was kind of the opposite uh, of what I began the article talking about, but he started off really well, uh, had the first, uh, he still has the record for most points in your first five starts in an NBA game, and then dropped off, played, you know, compared to that quite badly for the next four or five years and dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression and all these people, you know, kind of uh, not meeting the expectations he had met. Sounds like a fascinating piece. So what's upcoming in sports for this week? Uh, So women's basketball tomorrow actually will be traveling up to Anchorage in Alaska. They'll be playing two games actually in Alaska, which is a big deal. That's the longest trip 
you know, that the women's basketball team has made, and I believe it's over 10 years. Uh, men's basketball uh, has a couple games, but not a home game until next Tuesday. Uh, swimming has a match, uh, an invite rather, against uh, Davenport, and volleyball has the semifinals and then uh, hopefully the finals of the GMAC tournament this weekend. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Christian. Of course. This was Collegian Week in Review. We talked to Caleb Holm about Penny's catering and his experience working at the on-campus coffee shop. Then we talked to Michaela S. Truth about a bill Republican Andrew Fink co-sponsored in the State House of Representatives. Then we talked to Josh Hypes about his opinion on Taylor Swift's new album. Finally, we talked to Christian Pectimit for a sports update. This week's highlights, Hillsdale College's orchestra has a performance featuring piano professor Brad Blackham and voice professor Emily Douglas this coming weekend. Four Hillsdale students recently premiered a documentary about Hillsdale students' involvement in the Civil War. And national labor shortages are affecting local Hillsdale businesses as restaurants struggle to fill jobs. You can find The Collegian online, around town, or on Instagram at Collegian. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.